0: Time to keep our groove on with fight sports But this one is a uh, genuine legend Mark Hunt, the Super Samoan Has a movie coming out in 2022 Called The Fight of His Life It's a docu-movie about his life And Mark joins us right now from City Morning to you, buddy Good morning, how are you doing? David? Man, I, I'm good I, I saw the trailer of this And I instantly said to my friends i got to watch this It just looks like it is It's not It's not raw, it's just real
1: Yeah, that's real Yeah, it's pretty real <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, <just mucking> <laughs> so okay, let's let's talk about you. Oh, the one thing I want to ask you about it because I want to take take a step back. Did you were you were you the the sort of kid that got into trouble and had fights on the streets, and then and discovered a way that you could make a living out of this, or did someone point you in that direction, saying, "Mate, you're better than this. You could make a life out of this."
1: Yeah, back then there was no uh, uh, there was uh, wasn't a path that I thought I'd be taking uh, fighting. To be honest, it was just something that happened uh, outside a club and someone put me in the right direction. It. It, it, it wasn't uh, something I wanted to do for my life. I didn't want to be a fighter, to be honest. <laughs> and that's the bottom the truth about it. I never wanted to be a fighter. I think uh, the only one fighting back then in the world stage was the the tour man in boxing. So you know, um, love yourself. For, for me, being uh, taking the part of fighting was only uh, kickboxing. Boxing and K1, to be honest, um, and um, yeah, that's about it. There was no MMA back then. Um,
0: when yeah. where, when when did the whole K1 thing explode for you? Because I remember, for me, you first came to light when you you won this one million dollar prize. But you'd already been a big deal in the Japan already, right? No,
1: actually, I did. I uh, won the K1 in Japan. my second, I said my first time doing it. Uh, there was only Ray for kicking around those days. Then um, Jason Sadie, all the all the uh, Ron Shepherd, you know, uh, mm. Jason them all. The those guys were kicking it in Japan at the time. Um, I think Ray was the biggest name out there, and um, I was just coming on too.
0: What was that Japanese yeah. experience like?
1: It was different. Like I said, I went from fighting in the thousand three hundred uh, room places to uh, forty thousand seaters, eighty thousand seater uh, stadiums. To be honest, uh, you know they treated you like a celebrity, like a movie star. It was, it was quite crazy to be. It was surreal. Um, you know, going from an, living just a normal life even here to, to being someone over there. So it was quite. Uh, it was different.
0: What was it? Was it tough? I mean to, to Mentally adjust to suddenly going from the streets of South Auckland to uh, mega stadiums in Japan, and suddenly you
1: are the man. Yeah, correct. It was hard because the thing was, I you know, no one knew my back end story, no one knew my life. I didn't really want to air my duty laundry out in public, to be honest. But um, and here I am, uh, you know, getting asked all these questions about you know this and that and what I like to eat, and I'm pretty just didn't know, you know I'm like a one person, uh, one word kind of person, and yes and no, and you know I think mm. uh, that's what I intrigued the Japanese are out there. I thought I was intriguing, to be honest. So I didn't really uh, wasn't involved in speaking in, uh, on shows and and uh, PR and stuff like that. So the,
0: the you, you were known for the sort of the the walkaway knockdown. Was that something? Was that was that street was that street fighting coming to
1: play? No, that was just a high level of skill. Let me, baba. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a fighting experience,
0: <laughs> the, the K1 experience and that style of fighting, when did you then discover MMA, the UFC? When did you go, hang on a minute, this is something else I could excel at?
1: Well, I I won the K1 in my first chance, the world title, and it was kind of crazy. I went to, uh, to a difficult stage afterwards, you know, being uh, ripped off by different people, I mean, you know, I was out during the while I was fighting K one, you know, if I if I'd gone into Cheetah. It was a uh, and I thought I was talking about Dragon Ball Z because you know I was uh, <laughs> I was a big Dragon Ball Z fan and that was he was actually a fighter an MMA fighter I was like what's this kind of a sport Well, so, uh, the money they were offering was you know really good um, you know it was 250000 US per event um, and um, that was back then that was two thousand and um, it was actually 2000, uh, 2002, I think it was or three and um, yeah I was like wow I- I'll try it out and um, that's when I first thought I thought uh, you know the Gracies um, doing MMA and um, basically I-, I fell in love with the sport because it was a different challenge. It was, uh, you know, um, there was something new that it, that, that uh, was like really. Because I thought I was a, a great fighter until I, you know, I went onto the ground when I met Steve Oliver. You uh, he told me a different thing about uh, MMA. <laughs> yeah, I was about yeah, to say the the, yeah. the
0: the adjustment to Sorry. the to Jiu-Jitsu side was that the biggest the biggest hurdle
1: to cross. Yeah, it was you know being a, a great stand-up fighter, competitors to you know being schooled by Steve Oliver. And, you know, it was only like 90 kilograms, and I'm like, you know, I went for the first training session. because <laughs> uh, I was saying. Will we'll pay to go train a fast route in uh, California. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll just keep the money and go train in New Zealand. And, uh, and I went to meet Steve and, um to a couple of friends of my Brendan. And, and uh, he was wrestling, doing some jujitsu in, in uh, Henderson there. And, and I was like, you know, he was doing some, doing some stuff. And I said, you know, just stand up. And he goes to me, you know, you come and stand up. And for the next six weeks, he started, you know, he was kind me to the day. <laughs> you know?
0: yeah. how, how hard was that mentally to readjust? Because you'd been fighting, you know how to take a part. Punch, but then everyone, everyone then starts coming grappling in your gun. I just want to punch them. How how difficult is that for a fighter
1: to adjust? It's very frustrating, especially being someone that you know wants to enforce physically, you know, by hitting someone uh, with it striking stuff. And you can't physically do that because of, you know they're, they're constricting you as an MMA, as a jujitsu player or a wrestler. It's, it's really frustrating. you have just got to find different ways about it. Um, you know, I practice most of the time on the ground, uh, learning defences. To be honest, you know, with my first coaches of. Uh, Jiu Jitsu, my and Steve and um, it was basically just uh, defending um, takedowns and defending uh, submissions. You've
0: been a big voice against anti-doping. When did it first come to, to light to you that you were fighting guys that were juiced?
1: Well it wasn't just the guys, you know, I mean I, I first spoke about it when I went to into Japan, I'm like, uh, I said to you know, a whole, I walked in the boardroom full of Japanese guys and they're all wearing suits and I'm like, you know, negotiating a deal for a contract and they're like, um, and I my one of my first questions was, what about these uh, uh, these derogies and cheaters and these dopers and they're like and a whole lot of them just started cracking up I'm like bro what, what, what is what is laughing about and that's when I, I started realizing realize fight sports to be honest but the actual being pissed off about it was when I started competing against guys in the UFC because uh, every, it was like the, I think the second or third guy in a row that I got to facing that um, that nothing was done about it it just became a no contest and you lost out and all the time I mean I I broke my hand on Bigfoot's head um, in, a, in a fight in Brisbane and there was nothing done about it I mean I the whole year and this, this this guy comes and competes before I do. It's, it's got to be something else done about this sort of garbage because, um, and, you know, nothing was done about it. And then, you know, then it gets into the UFC phase about the whole scenario. And then, you know, and then the lawsuit comes and... At the end of the day, what I was trying to do was get an even playing field. I didn't premeditate of yeah. uh, wanting to sue the company that I was working for. I wanted to get an even playing field. It was never fair these days. And people say, oh, um, they just don't know they're Competing at the highest level It doesn't become about uh, uh, being the best fighter in the world. It becomes about the best cheater and the best, and the company uh, covering their cheats.
0: Do you think it's still yeah. going on? Do you think it's still going on in the UFC?
1: Well, I you? The companies is just as corrupt as, as the people uh, you know, behind. And the whole thing, the, you know, the, the, the shitty pay they pay their fighters, the, the 60%, it's a joke. You know, you see the fighters, you know, you know, good job to, you know, the Kai and Bam and all that for winning their events. But it's hard to see them, you know, jumping for joy when they win $50,000. Know, and if for someone as high as they are in the, in the world, you should be, This should be a given. Not jumping up a giraffe, that's just going to change my life. Dude, that, That's how bad these guys are paying these guys. They're getting cheated. So where does, the, can I ask? Without, without a doubt.
0: Can I ask? Is the, is the lawsuit still active Or have you just gone I just I, I can't afford this Because it's just going to b- Make me broke
1: Well it doesn't work like that I mean I, if I knew That I was going to be In a lawsuit for six years uh, I wouldn't have probably changed it All I did was do the right thing I said this isn't right I've got to do something about it I've asked the company To do something about it For however long And how many fights I've had i said look man Can you do something about this Can I have a clause in my contract You know And, and all I got was, 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 a, was a wall Saying nah Nah, nah, bro, You ain't gonna get nowhere to me. Because after I declined one guy the who was on steroids, I said, now he's been known to cheat. He got caught. I don't want to do it. Put a clause in my contract, and um, and then and then I'll go out here with the fight. Because I'll fight anyone if, I, if these guys are known cheaters. And then they said, no, we can't. Okay. So three days later, Josh Barney pops for steroids, and I'm started laughing. He goes, well, oh, that's what you get. You guys are trying to put me on the guys that are cheating, and and you know you're not giving me a, a chance to make it even playing for you. So then afterwards, then you know, they give me a guy named Alistair Irving, and I. I said, Nah, man, I don't to fight that guy He's a stealers cheater. Putting the cause of my contract, I don't have to go for the same issue of of, uh, of this this fight. The guy, the, the, the guy, the cheater still gets still benefits. And they said, No, we can't do that. We can't put a clause in your contract to make it even. Um, so, and, I, and then the next thing I said, I want to do it. And they said the next thing they sent was a letter from their lawyer said, If you don't, if you don't take this fight, we're gonna sack you. I'm like, Wow, you guys and that idiot you know, White right, says, Oh, you don't force through do the fight, dude. You? You're the worst fighter on the planet. Oh you're well. Forced- uh- yeah.
0: Monkey. Okay. So, that, so it's it's still sort of quietly ongoing. Let's just quit, briefly talk about the fact that someone's decided that you are worthy of having a movie made about your life because the story from you know it's it's an incredible story. And uh, we we what when they first approached you, what was your reaction, or or did you push this production? Well,
1: the, the truth is, I didn't want to. I mean, I wrote a book. Well, I didn't actually write the book, but uh, you know, to me, what got me about it was that the publisher so uh, for the books You know, keep talking me, then she goes, Mark, you can help other people. It's not about money. And I said, ooh, that's a pretty great idea. You can help others. And that's why I did, that's why I said yes to the book. This is pretty much similar to the same thing. The doctor was pretty much to help others. It was, uh, for this one, the, you know, I think Netflix approached, but then I said, no, um the private company price they were paying, so I said, yeah. So to help others with their journey in life, I think it's great. You know, my path was fighting, and, uh, and I didn't want to be a fighter to So now, here I am again, fighting, not in the hospital or the ring, but I'm Fighting in the court not just one lawsuit, but a, 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 and a different one also. You know? One against errors, and the other one against uh, a fair pay, uh fair pay, because you know the MMA fighters, the see they only get sixty percent of the revenue, which is which is garbage.
0: <laughs> can I can I be brutally honest here? Yes, sir. Have you made enough money to be comfortable in your life after all of these years? Well,
1: you know, the truth is no. I've been fighting for a long time. I made a lot of mistakes. I've made a shitload of mistakes. At the end of the day, but um, uh, at the end of that, I'm still fighting. I'm still grinding like everyone else. At the end of the day, so um, the truth is no.
0: But you sound, but you sound in a funny old way, happy. You're a Lovely family. You've got kids, and you sound like you you know where your your role is in this world.
1: Well, the truth is, uh, for me, like I, I always say to people, all oh, the children go to go. I mean, like, tomorrow's never promised. And doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank or whatever, you could get run over tomorrow. You get shot tomorrow, you know. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, you can't take any... Of, there's no you all that's behind a hearse, brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair play on that one. One final thought. Uh, what do you want your kids to think about you? What do they want to... Th- when someone says, what's your dad like, what do you want them to say?
1: Well, I mean... Well, whatever, they're probably going to say some, some funny shit about their dad, but uh, <laughs> I mean, all their dads are and their dad has been a fighter through and through, you know, from the start to the end He's that, always fought for something better you know, He's always had a, a cause to fight for Yeah,
0: no, yeah that, that's that's cool, man Hey, Mark, thanks so much for giving me your time today. When does the movie come out? Is it next year? I think it's um, the 3rd of February, to be honest 3rd of Feb. Looking forward to seeing it, mate Congratulations, yes, yes. and uh, keep fighting, so man. Up, I will, buddy. Keep fighting up. He call me Steve-O. I'm not going to call him out. There is no way I'm calling Mark Hunt out for calling me Steve-O. Mark Hunt, the super Samoan,